You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning, and thanks for tuning in to the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, on a beautiful sunny day, if today happened to be the day you were listening, but it wouldn't be, because you won't be able to hear this till a week from tomorrow. <laughs> you make that painfully clear every week. <laughs> Why do I point out stuff that I'm not supposed to point out? I don't know. What, what is wrong with me? We've been talking music this morning. You're pegging uh, the meter too much. I'm that's, that's the problem. I'm sorry. Um, so we've been talking music this morning. We were thinking about yeah. doing a music show from here now, too, because... We haven't even gotten this down pat, and now we're going to try to do something right. else. Right, classic well. auto and music mall. Classic, classic auto, classic music. That's where we play. You know, we play the bridge here in the mall, uh, the Sirius XM station, uh, called Lay Bridge. No, it's not called Lay Bridge. It is the bridge, and uh, it's an amazing uh, channel because. It plays, you know, uh, listen, at the end of the day, the music that I like may not be the music that people want to listen to while they're looking at cars around here. It might be a little too heavy. Right. But it's it's sort of background ambient it's, it's, music anyway. It's I don't know Muzak-ish. Any, Muzak-ish, yeah. yeah Muzak-ish. James Taylor and all that stuff. Yeah, James Taylor and the band and <clears throat> Carly Simon and Billy Joel. Yep. And, you know, all those acts that are mainstream. And, I, I, you know, I never liked the cliche 50s thing with with the car world. I always thought that everybody wanted to think 50s diner right. to be equate to the classic car museum or collection yeah, or whatever. 409 and all, yeah, those, all yeah, the Beach yeah. Boys little, stuff. A little obvious, you know. Yeah. I, I like the less obvious. But we should stuff. do research on what is, what music makes people buy stuff. There is there is been studies like uh, what ambient music makes people sure. buy stuff. Well, that's 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 a good point and maybe we should buy this car, <laughs> buy yeah, subliminal, this car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Play it backwards. Yeah, Paul is dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Perfect sound effect. We need to record that. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about <clears throat> I had an aha moment driving down Sunset Strip in 1981 <laughs> in a Porsche 928, feeling like I was living large and rushed closer to the heart live. The first time I'd ever been on came on the radio, and I started crying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that. <laughs> I shed some tears. It was just a beautiful moment. That's cool. <laughs> I'll probably cry again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, boy, we had a great week. Man, oh man, oh man, we've been busy around here, and of course the weather's better, and and you know. What I tell people, people have the misconception that you can't sell a, a, uh, a convertible in the winter and you can't sell a 4x4 truck in the summer. But that's not true anymore because it's summer or winter everywhere any, at any given time. So uh, when the weather's inclement in Pennsylvania, Arizona is, you know, beautiful, sunny, For 80 sure. degrees. So people are still buying convertibles in, in, in the summer and are in the winter and trucks in the summer. So it's not as if the, uh, that old adage that people used to say, I get people still who call me all the time and say, well, may, is it a good time to bring my car out? Mm-hmm. There's no bad time anymore. Right. You know, they're, we're selling 24-7, mm-hmm. 365 days a year. So, uh, but, uh, you, did you, 
Yeah, what the, the question? <laughs> where did where did you where did cars go this well, week? Where do, that's a good question, Steve. I, All I, right. I wish I, I had to count answer. how many cars there are. Too. All right. How about Westminster, Maryland? Charleroi. I'm sure I'm going to get a letter oh, about boy. that. Pennsylvania, East Amherst, New York, Kearney, Kearney, Nebraska, Dunfries, Virginia, Santa Barbara, California, Lansdowne, Pennsylvania, Madisonville, Texas, Audubon, Pennsylvania, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Boca Raton, Florida, Madisonville, Texas. Oh, I said that twice because. We sold four cars to Madisonville, Texas. Wow. We must have a, be on a streak down in Madisonville. Collector. Yeah. Uh, Missoula, Montana, Mankato, Kansas, Davidsonville, Maryland, Londonville, New York, and West Chester, Pennsylvania. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven states and, and about fifteen cars. Aren't we, la How many cars do we have in inventory? Nine hundred and ten. Still good. It's a, yeah, I'll edit yeah, that out. Yeah, well, <laughs> Still steady at 900, but it's been my, about somewhere around 900 for the last three months or so. So we, we're getting cars in. Yeah, we get these plateaus for whatever reason that we sell about the same amount as we can sign in a week or in a couple of week period. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of levels out. And then from time to time, people will remove their car from here because like we had a guy the other day and uh, we, we took his car out to just kind of exercise it and see what's going on. We discovered that there was a little issue with uh, mm-hmm. some electrical gremlin. And he said, you know, what i'm going to take it out fix that and then bring it back because otherwise we will put it in the description that there's an electrical gremlin that causes a problem right. because that's the way we sell cars and 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 it's not that he didn't appreciate that it's just that he wanted to make sure that we didn't have to say that because he wanted to fix it mm-hmm. so you know we so he takes it out and he'll have it out for a couple of weeks and bring it back and that issue will be resolved and probably make it a little easier to to sell so i tell people that <clears throat> there are certain things that you should fix and certain things you should not fix uh, when you're comes to sell your car if it's a safety related issue fix it brakes don't work mm-hmm. fix it turn signals don't work fix it it won't pass inspection anyway but <clears throat> if there's a cosmetic rub here or there or there's a hole in somewhere or you know there's a tear in the upholstery more than likely it's not really worth it to fix it you're not going to recoup your money uh by fixing it so um, but if you have questions about that, reach out to one of your, your car specialists or one of our guys here, and they'll let you know what they recommend when it comes to repairing or not repairing uh, something. Again, back to the safety thing, absolutely, mm-hmm. but uh, anything beyond that. But uh, some of the new inventory this week, uh, our our buddy uh, Harry Dinwiddie sent us a great 73 Corvette coupe from Knoxville, Tennessee, as both <laughs> of the clown used to say. Red over medium saddle, three owners, 49,000 original miles. 73 Corvettes are, were underappreciated for many, 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 many years. And now they're really starting to get a following back. Uh, or maybe a new following. I don't know. Yeah. But this one's got the build sheet, the tank sticker, the original invoice, numbers matching 350 LAD2, numbers matching mm. turbo hydromatic 400. Mm. It's got new wiring all through it. I mean, this is a really neat car. And then it's red over saddle, which is, Iconic. That's it. That's a great color. That's what you want. Of. That's the one you want. And, uh, and, and that's the one that is the most desirable. And, and, you know, it's funny that color dictates price so much. I mean, people don't realize that certain colors, back in the day, a green Rolls Royce was supposedly unsaleable. Mm. Like people, nobody mm-hmm. wanted a green Rolls Royce. I mm-hmm. mean, I, can't imagine what, why, when, or how, but, uh, and then you got British racing green Jaguars, which are on the other end of the spectrum that are very desirable. That's what they want. <clears throat> so it's, it's all in what people want or don't want. Or, and listen, we will say it and we'll say it a hundred times. 
We'll say it more than 100 times. Okay. Well, we already said it 100 times. <laughs> Stance and color make a huge difference on the car. If the car doesn't sit right, if it doesn't look right, if mm-hmm. it's not if it's not sitting there speaking to you, then, you know, it it's it makes it tough to sell. And how do you know if your car has the right stance and color? You really don't. Mm-hmm. If it spoke to you, it'll probably speak to spoke it'll spoke to somebody. Yeah, it'll, it'll spoke to somebody else. It doesn't been spoke to. That's right. <laughs> so so anyway, um that stuff was hard to predict and hard to know and we can't always advise you on that, but uh, sometimes, you know, you never know what's going to speak to somebody. Uh also in is a really cool 82 dot and 280ZX in uh, black over tan, which is the right color for those. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about an iconic car in 1982. I was 20 at the time. Right. And that was a car I couldn't afford, but I would love to have had. And it wasn't the most powerful car mm-hmm. you know, out there. It had 2.8 liter inline six um, and a T5 five-speed manual. But it was just cool looking. I mean, they were cool, and they were everywhere. I could tell people they were everywhere. Yeah. Back. They were, they were. I mean, everybody had one as a daily driver. Mm-hmm. Now they're so classic. It's uh, and the design is still beautiful. So you know, it was. It just made me think of something interesting. Uh, I was, I was looking at something. I can't remember what it was, and they were talking about what car defines the area that you live in. Mm. Like, what is the car you see the most? And huh. I, the one that I see around here, which is really surprising, is two thousand four, two thousand five Acura TLs. Really? Yeah, there were the ones that had the little uh, fender flares yeah. on them in the in the over the wheel arches, and uh, they were just there. You see those everywhere, and gosh, they're now almost twenty years mm-hmm. old, and they're everywhere. I see them all the time, and in a, in a, so much so that I'm saying it on the yeah, air here. Yeah. That I thought you were going to say F one hundred and fifty. Is that your area? No, around here. I, around here, I figure. I, but what is the car that defines the area that you live in? Which uh, is not that far from God, here. So. I, I really have to think about that. Well, I was hoping for a quicker answer. Than I mean, that. I mean, I live in the burbs, so <laughs> I mean, I would say minivan years ago, but uh, I, I really don't know. The That's grocery a, getter, the minivan. I really right? don't know what's the most common. <clears throat> well, thing start paying attention to that, uh, and I'll have a. We'll review it again next week. Uh, now, see, now you won't be able to help yourself. Have you ever notice when you never yeah, notice right. there, there's a car in a certain, you never notice other, you know, Mazda MX-5s or Miatas or whatever it is until you get one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, That's right. it's like you see a thousand of everywhere. Them. Like, or you're, you want to buy something and then it starts appearing everywhere. Yeah. That's, because maybe you weren't paying attention before. Right. Maybe you were. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, the Datsun 286, 26,000 original miles, uh, fully known history from new. Just an amazing car and, and very iconic. And don't miss that one. It won't last for long. That's right. They never do. They really don't. Stuff like that just doesn't last. And then uh, another one, which is iconic, uh, the 57 Chevrolet Bel Air two-door hardtop. Uh, this one's matador red over red and black. Uh, it's restored, and it's a mild resto mod, but it's really well done. But mm-hmm. it's got a, um, you know, an Edelbrock intake and carb. Uh, it's got an AirTech heat and AC. It's kind of a retro interior. It's got a two-speed power glide automatic transmission, 283 V8. So it looks like a stock car, but mm-hmm. it's got some modern touches, just enough to make it a little bit more user-friendly and drivable. And it's so well done. I, I've been saying, if you're in the market for a Tri-5, Classic Automall is your yeah, place. Yeah. And we have every kind of, uh, every level of mods or stock. Yeah, exactly. So we, we have a nice selection of mm-hmm. Tri-5 Chevys. And, ooh, what was that? There you go. That was you hitting <laughs> That the, was me. Um, peaking the meter. Yeah. Sorry about that, Jared. <laughs> um, yeah, we, um, you know, we, we get a lot of those in from time to time. And then there'll be periods of time where we won't get them in. You know, it's, mm-hmm. they, they, they're, it's hit or miss. So, uh, so if you're in the market for one now, 
now's a good time because we do have quite a good inventory of them. Uh, also got in a 69 Chevrolet Camaro Yanko clone. Mm-hmm. It's orange over orange. And as Peter says, hugger orange eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> Which he loves to say eye candy. This one's got a 496 500 horsepower VA, <laughs> a Muncie M22 rock crusher, a Ford 9-inch axle, four-wheel power disc brakes, and vintage air and heat. So what's your thought on a Ford 9-inch on a Camaro Yanko clone? Yeah, uh, it's pretty common I know. Uh, modification. I know. Something about those Ford, those Ford nine inch axles that yeah. uh, apparently are people love desirable. Them. Yeah, yes. they're, well, they're 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 heavy duty. I mean, yeah. they they they're not bulletproof, but they're they're maybe more bulletproof than your other options, right? Your Chevrolet versions of them, so the ten bolt, the twelve bolt, and that kind of thing. So, or uh, that was the rear end. Sorry, that wouldn't be yeah. the axle, but uh, same thing. Yeah. Um, and then also a '69 Volkswagen El Lobo Dune buggy, orange metallic over black. It's got a fiberglass El Lobo body. It's got a basically new 1600cc flat four, uh, uh, with a four speed manual. And the engine bay looks, you know, very chromey and goody and all that kind of shiny. And it's a really cool little car. I love seeing the dune buggies come in this place. We I do have, too. I think we have a couple of them. And I, you know, having lived in Southern California, yeah. you see them on the street all the time. And now right. you see them in Pennsylvania. It's like, it's almost like culture shock. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is it doing like, here? What's that doing? What are you going to do? I would it? love to go out to the dunes and down yeah. towards, uh, Calabasas and oh, all yeah. that area and, uh, take a dune buggy out and go tearing around. Yeah, Dunes in Michigan, too, somewhere in the middle of Michigan. All right. Dunes in Michigan. I didn't know that. So I learned something new every day. Also, the 79 Olds Hearst Cutlass Oldsmobile Cutlass Hearst Olds. Pardon me. Oh, yeah. This thing is crazy. That, what a build. It's black and gold. It's odd. It's one of those ones that you look at and you're like, mm-hmm. that looks like a stock Olds 442, but something, or Hearst Olds. Yep. It's got a 532 Dart Big M Sportsman Block V8, built 4L ADE automatic, a Moser 9-inch, uh, Willwood brakes, Schwartz chassis, fully documented. This thing is the guy went crazy on. So. And it started life as a Hearst Olds it's actually, yeah, cut, it's, cutlass, which yeah. I didn't even know existed until I did a video on this right. car last last week. And there were twenty four hundred ninety nine of them. They were white with a, a gold top. Right. So he changed it to black. To black. The build is unbelievable. Yeah. You have to see the pictures online. Don't walk past it when you get here. When we return, we'll have more information about other cars and things and stuff and car related when we come back. Classic Automobile Podcast. We'll see you in a minute. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Went to the casino last night. Excellent. Broke even. 
Okay, that's good. That's a good that's, night. That was a good night. Yeah. That, yeah. You had fun. You had fun for the had fun. twelve bucks. Kathy's gone. She's in Kansas City helping her sister out with their some kind of uh-huh. thing that they women's organization thing that I'm <laughs> woefully uh, uninformed about. And and, and you're headed up to, to Greenwich this weekend. <clears throat> Going to Greenwich uh, to the Concord d'Elegance. Um, Saturday night they have a welcoming uh, party reception, and then Sunday is the Concord, and uh, mm. it's a fun event. Greenwich is a cool part of the world. It's great. It really is. It's uh there's a lot of great cars in that part of the world too. I mean, you oh, yeah. you're just driving around town, you just see everything. I mean, it's I the mean, Beverly Hills of the East it, Coast. It really period. is. Yeah, it really is. And it's and not in a snobby way. It's not it doesn't feel like, you know, some <laughs> of the places that you go to. You know, it's people are really friendly and nice. Um it's kind of like Pennsylvania. You know, I always thought Pennsylvania was the north, you know, and mm-hmm. I always say, "Oh, people people are, you know, different than in the south and they're, you know, short and rude and yeah. No, they're not. They're right. not very nice people That's around right. here, you know. And uh, so stop saying that. I, I mean, I'm, I moved back from California. People are like, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be – I wanted to move back because people – I felt people were nicer here than they were in Los Angeles. I, Los Angeles was very difficult. <laughs> if you weren't – if uh-huh. you couldn't offer somebody mm-hmm. something, then you were a bother You were not them. connected yeah. and you were disconnected. You, you didn't get invited to the cool parties. That's right. Stuff. I wonder what my life would have been had I stayed, though. It's always – you know, you always think, I wonder what I would have – you know, what I've been in classic cars, what I've – Done something different out there. I was in the the uh, we were in the the iron on transfer t shirt business. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and then we made tour jackets for rock stars. Oh, wow! And, oh, that's right. The David yeah. Lee Roth. One. The David Lee Roth store. <laughs> yeah, and uh, wow, and so that's we, pretty cool. Yeah, so we made uh, we did. It was fun. It was, but I you know I, it, the business kind of went away, and mm-hmm. I just and if I'd have stayed, we ended up moving back to Knoxville. But I just wonder if I'd have stayed. You know what? Yeah. What, where would I be today? Yeah, I, I think about that sometimes. You know? I threw so many noodles against the wall yeah and if one of them i mean i knock on peterson publishing door sure all every year i would knock on their door and say hey i want to do this yeah i did the same thing in nashville i wanted to be a an album uh, or a, a record label rep mm-hmm. it goes around to the radio stations and gets them to play the songs and gets to go to the concerts and all that and that's a hard gig to get right and i knocked on doors and never got of course the one job i i almost geffen records was hiring and i i, I think i was going to really get the job and the night before my wife and I at the time were leaving an O'Charlie's in Nashville and I had my hands in my pocket. She had her arm wrapped, you know, holding my, one of my arms Mm -hmm. and I caught the edge of the curb and went nose first into the sidewalk without putting my hands down to stop. She couldn't grab me with her arm. So the next morning I go to a job interview with a, Big old honk and <laughs> didn't get the didn't get the, didn't get the gig. So can't imagine why the guy's like, no, that's no big deal. We're not. Mm. That, that, that. Some people would call that a god moment, <laughs> and that you're exactly where you're supposed to be at any given moment. Yeah, I that's how that's, I, I, I try to live, and I, I don't regret yeah. leaving Los Angeles. I spent six years, the last six years, staying trying to pitch a TV show. Right, and, right. And I'm no one more year. My, you know, and it just it just was the right time to leave. Yeah. Finally, you just say enough is enough. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. When we moved, of course, it was funny. My wife from Los Angeles said to me on the airplane to Knoxville, Tennessee. Did <laughs> so. Do they even have like a McDonald's in Knoxville? <laughs> so, you know, I should have known that this was not going to be a match oh, made boy. in heaven. So, but anyway, don't know where I would have ended up, but yeah. here I am. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. I'm exactly, exactly. So, uh, you may have heard we're having an auction. August, August. Well, it we're going to start in August. September the 15th, excuse me. Uh, we're having an auction here, a live auction, August, August, September 15th of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to limit it to 125 cars. 
Uh, it'll start at 11 a.m. with memorabilia, and then we'll morph into cars around noon. We'll probably run till about 4.30 or 5 with cars. And then we're going to have a party afterwards for all the consigners and bidders and staff. Right. And if you've got a great car that's already here, uh, then we'd love to talk to you about the auction. and Or if you have a car that's not here but might make sense for the auction, we'll take a limited amount of outside inventory. Our goal is to kind of clear it out, clear out the show, you know, eat out the freezer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of to clear it out a little bit. We could have got some cars that have been here a little bit longer than maybe they should have been. So we're going to, you know, we're going to try to um, find some new homes for them. And uh, we're talking to the owners about, you know, adjusting some pricing and things like that. So it's uh, maybe more saleable. And we're going to attract, I think, a whole, you know, new set of people that will learn about not only our auction, but about Classic Automall and what we do here and mm-hmm. why we do it and how we do it. And all that good stuff, and hopefully they'll like all of our guys. And uh, we've got some new crew members coming on, a couple of new car specialists that are jumping right in head first. And that's the only way to do it, isn't it? You would know you that from experience. Jump in. There's the only way to do it. You cannot explain how this business works. Fortunately, it's, most of the existing car specialists are nice and will we'll walk you through it, especially Garrett. Yeah, Garrett's a good guy. Garrett's a good guy. He's a good team. He's, a good, he's like a natural teacher. He really is. Garrett is one of those. That's my stepson. That's right. And Garrett is one of those who likes everybody, likes to help everybody. Mm-hmm. Problem with a guy like Garrett is he wants to help everybody, but not everybody wants to help him. And that you have to, you know, it has to be a two-way street. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll leave it at that. But uh, but Garrett's one of those good guys who doesn't want anybody to be left behind. Yeah. What the heck was I that? I don't know. <laughs> JR <laughs> fell asleep at the wheel in the uh, control room. So uh, thanks, JR. Um, and so anyway, back to the auction. Um, so it's uh, uh, September the 5th. I don't know why I'm having a hard time remembering know. what the date of that Drink is. Drink some more Coca-Cola. Yeah. my Coca- <laughs> Where's my sponsorship, for heaven's <laughs> sakes? Anyway, um, September the 15th, which is a Friday, mm-hmm. uh, will be the sale. And like I said, limited to 125 cars. Start at 11 a.m. We'll have box lunches available for sale during the event that they'll bring right to your seat so you don't have to get up and go wait in line if you want a coke or a drink or a water or whatever that's all available for sale right at your seat and you don't have to get up and miss the car that you came to Mm -hmm. to see or to bid on and um and then but there'll be pre-bidding starting the monday prior to that which is the 14th 13th 12th 11th uh on proxy bid so you can put in a pre-bid or Mm -hmm. you can put in an absentee bid uh if which is like the highest you'd be willing to bid yeah so and we bid on your behalf up to that Right, amount. gotcha. So, and there are qualifications to bid. You have to be financially uh, vetted, if you will. Uh, we require a bank letter of guarantee, mm. uh, unless you're a, a dealer. If you're a dealer and have a valid dealer license and salesman license, then there's some other programs that we have. But uh, you know, reach out to us and we'll we'll fill you in on all the details. And uh, it ought to be a lot of fun. I've got the crew. Coming in front that we have, I've worked with uh, over the years. Brent Earlywine is a fantastic auctioneer from Kokomo, Indiana. And Marty Hill is the best ringman in the business. And he's from, uh, somewhere in Oklahoma. I can't think of the mm-hmm. name for some reason, but Marty's amazing. Marty, fun to watch Marty working three guys at the same time. He just, he can pull it off and, and do it. And, uh, you know, he's, it's not English style auctioneering that we do. It's not, it's not quite as heavy duty as maybe some of the things you've seen, but it's not English style. It's not, now for our next bid, oh. it will be, do <laughs> like, I see 500? Like Sotheby's, Sotheby's. 500. Oh, 505. I see 510. I see 5 This is more like
we're like, hey, right, right. so what? Did I buy that? No. <laughs> Listen, if you have any concerns or questions about bidding, we can walk you through it. It's not you don't scratch your nose and own a car. Right. We always verify that you were in fact bidding. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't just take your bid and you know handcuff you to your chair until you pay us. Right. Um, so yeah, and and if you need to, you know, like I said, if you've got any questions on the process, we're happy to help. Um, <clears throat> there'll be samples of. Uh, on our website, there'll be the forms that you fill out to be a bidder, the be forms that you sell out to be, fill out to be a consigner, and there'll be a, a a template of the bank letter of guarantee that we like to get from your bank that basically says they'll irrevocably honor on this date your check up to X amount of dollars. Nice. So that way, you're you know we know that we can take a check and that it, there there won't be any problem because you know obviously what you know our job is to make sure that we have legitimate buyers in the crowd and not people that either can't afford it or change their mind because there's no change in your mind. When you raise your hand and the hammer falls and you were not scratching your nose legitimately bidding, uh, that belongs to you. And when you sign that ticket that the girl would bring mm-hmm. out to you, you know, the clerk brings to you after you buy something, that's your car. You bet, you that's know, basically a contract. Right? Yeah, it's a contract. It's mm-hmm. an agreement. It's not, there's not any, uh, cooling off or thinking about it. That's, that's a done deal. It's, you own it and these cars are as is where is. So do your homework. If you're buying something that's, uh, <clears throat> a little bit outside of your realm or a little higher dollar, uh, it wouldn't be ha- bad to have an expert come with you and look at the car. Uh, we're going to have cars available for inspection that whole week, mm-hmm. uh, which is unusual for an auction. Normally, you only get to see them the day before, and you get a very limited time to see them. Uh, if you get a hold of us during the week uh, prior to the sale, uh, there's a possibility that we could, you could hear it start and that kind of thing, which is very unusual in the auction world. You don't see that. That's right. <clears throat> And the other good news is, is that it, the cars, the Friday auction, uh, the auction happens on Friday. The cars don't have to be out Saturday morning. So they can, they can stick around for a little while until you can make arrangements to have it shipped or come back and pick it up. So it's, it's not like, you know, when you're at uh, some convention center or something and you buy a car at an auction and they go, well, you've got to have it out by 6 p.m. That's right. <laughs> Whoops. I never thought about that part of it. That's the thing. So if you have any questions or if there's anything you haven't thought about, we'll be glad to, you know, kind of fill you in and walk you through it and happy to help you. And and that's what the we have. We'll have not only Marty Hill as our ringman, but we'll have three other guys as our ringman as well, too. And they can they can guide you. They can tell you, look, if there's something you're interested in, make sure you get my attention um, so that I know that, you know, you're you're you have some interest in this car, whether you raise your hand or not to, to bid on it. Um, uh, is, is irrelevant. You just want them to know that you do have some interest in it, so they won't miss you. You don't want to, you don't want to say, "Well, I wanted to bid, but nobody was looking. I was mm-hmm. waving my hand over there." Right. You know. Also, don't wave at your friend <laughs> across, you, across the hall. Across the hall, no, Joe. Hey, you know, because. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting. To, I mean, to see hundreds of people in here potentially, absolutely, uh, and dressed up. Yeah, dress, yeah. wearing jackets. Yeah. No, you don't have to. But, no, you don't have but, to. But, but auctions tend to be a little more dressy there. A little bit. Bidders more. tend to be a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it, it'll. There's different people that buy retail. There's people that mm. buy at auctions, right. and they're a whole different mm-hmm. mindset to both of those. And so, uh, but you know, the process is 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 pretty simple. And and like I said, we can walk you through it, and we can explain all the details to you. We can explain how things work. Uh, we can explain what you know. You got to listen to the auctioneer when you're interested in buying a car because the description we wrote on the car. Uh, uh, you know, a month earlier, something could have changed. And, mm-hmm. and what the auctioneer says supersedes anything else that has been written or said about the car previous to that. So if we were to find out that something were not numbers matching that we had in the, in the 
past had claimed it was numbers matching, they would make that announcement. Or if the title is in transit and you say, well, what does title in transit mean? Well, it means that the title is not here. Uh, it is on its way or will be here in a, some amount of time. But, you know, again, anything that you don't understand, ask. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't assume anything because assuming will get you in trouble, as we all well know. <laughs> Bad news bears. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and, but, but any questions prior to or during the event, we're happy to help. We'll have guys with the shirts on that say classic automobile auction wandering around. We'll have the mm-hmm. ringmen. Uh, we'll have the auctioneers. We'll have all of our staff and everybody's here to help you in any way, shape or form that they can because we want you to be educated about this because we want to make this an annual event. And we want to make sure that people don't go away going, well, I didn't mean to buy that, or mm-hmm. I should have bought that, sure. but I didn't want to know what I was doing, or no, nobody told me how to register to bid, or or anything like that. And just to reiterate, some stuff will be on reserve and some no reserve. That's correct. That's and no reserve means that it sells to the highest bidder regardless of price. Great. And when that hammer falls, whoever was the highest bidder owns it. If it has a reserve, then it doesn't sell until, A, the person either – until the car either meets its reserve, meaning the minimum price that the seller has agreed to sell it for, or mm-hmm. the seller decides during the auction process, the minute or minute and a half or two minutes that the car is on the block, to lower the reserve to closer to the number that maybe it's bidding at. So say a guy wants $50,000 and the bid, the bidding gets up to 42 and kind of stops. Sometimes the guy will say he's going to lift the reserve and he wanted 50, but, mm-hmm. but now he'll, you know, he'll sell it for this reserve. And then Sometimes the bidding stops and, and it ends and the guy who was at 42 owns it and sometimes the bidding continues on and it goes even higher. So will the, most of the owners be present that day? The owners are required to be present. Okay. We want them on the block with their car because there are decisions to be made. And so you don't want to be somewhere else and, and we miss the sale. Gotcha. Because there's nothing worse than coming to the auction company and saying, you know that guy, I, that that offer we had three hours ago, I'll take. Well, that's long gone. Mm-hmm. You know? And no different than the buyer. The buyer will say, well, I, I, I would have paid more. Well, somebody's already bought it. Right. So. Anyway, we'll explain a couple other things when we come back and when we return with the Classic Automall podcast from the Classic Automall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. We'll see you in a minute. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automall podcast from the Classic Automall studio in Morgantown. What are you laughing? I was waiting for the three, two, one, but we don't. <laughs> he did it. You're just not oh, he looking. Did? Yeah. Oh. yeah well, just... that's that's why. Sorry, I keep banging. That, into yeah, that. we'll fix that. <laughs> so, JR, get on that. Fix that. <laughs> banging his pusher. Yeah, so uh, anyway, we were talking about the auction, and um, uh, if, like I said, got any questions, the stuff will be on our website probably in about, uh, well, a week from when this airs, so mm-hmm. uh, probably sometime around the middle of June, we'll have some stuff up on the website and start having some cars that are going to be in the sale, and, uh, awesome. and we're asking people, if you've got a car here for sale, 
We will go ahead and register it if you're interested. It's $250 entry fee. Commission is 10%, minimum $500. And if you register the car between now and August 1st and it sells before August 1st, we'll refund your $250. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't sell by August 1st, it will officially be in the auction and it will go off the market until September 15th. So 45 days, it will be here. Uh, but it will not be offered for sale. We're not gonna, we're gonna just tell people from that point forward, the only way to buy this car is to buy it at auction. Mm-hmm. Either through proxy bid, telephone bidding, absentee bidding, online bidding, or in-person bidding. So you got all those different options. So if you, if you, if you see something you like and you're not gonna be able to be here, we've got ways for you to bid. If you're here and gotta leave early before a car crosses the block, you can leave an absentee bid with one of our, our representatives and happy to help you through all that and explain all the ins and outs of that. So it ought to be a lot of fun and, you know, hopefully it works out and, yeah, you know, we could, we could make a living off of this. We could, we could get on television. <laughs> we, we could might be on television. Yeah, that's right. And we are going to film it. It will be on, we're going to run it live on YouTube, uh, Facebook and Facebook YouTube and, and YouTube mm-hmm. and, it'll and maybe be uh, TikTok as well. Stream live. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So watch for that as well too. Sure. So, um, I was somebody, I don't know where this came from. Somebody asked me the other day, did General Motors ever make a V12? They did. Back in the day. Back in the day. Um, 1961 to 65, yeah. 11 and a half liter V12 they hmm. made. Uh, it, <laughs> well, guess what the mile per gallon was? Three. Three miles per <laughs> gallon? Yeah, but gas was like six cents a gallon. Yeah, and the oil capacity was four gallons. Wow. <laughs> Not very practical. No, and it only had 299 horsepower. Oh my God. Well, that's actually pretty good. You know that Cadillac considered putting a V12 in the Eldorado in the late 60s. Mm. That was going to be their flagship car. And they ended up putting – they didn't put a V12 in it, but they put the largest – one of the largest V8s ever offered in an American car, a 500 cubic inch mm-hmm. V8 uh, in 1969. And there's still so. room under the hood. Still room under the hood. There goes that little <laughs> oh, RX-7. Oh, yeah. Sold. Happy happy customers walking in with smiles that's just right. now. And they, yeah, they just bought an brand RX-7. Brand new owner. Beautiful car. Yeah, that's a great car. You featured that car. Didn't you? I did. Good luck with that. It's, yeah, gr- it's a great car. So yeah, so the V12, uh, you know, never, never made it into production uh, hmm. from Cadillac. I mean, they made one and I don't know what they put it in, probably trucks, but how about four gallons of oil? Yeah. You know, that was something I got to thinking about last night. <laughs> oil. Oil. And what's going to happen to oil when electric cars take over? What's the oil company? You know, I don't mean the oil companies. I mean the oil companies, not Exxon and Mobil and, oh. and, and those guys. What's going to happen to, you know, Pennzoil, oil? Valvoline. Valvoline and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, Mobil One. Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what about the guys who make, uh, 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 filters? Oil filters? Yeah. Well, listen, the, the, Air enti- filters. the entire electric car grid is supported by combustion engines. Right. <laughs> all the way back from shipping stuff to, yeah. it's, it, it's not fully electric system. So right, right. we're always going to need oil. Yeah. We all, this, this hobby's not going anywhere. I don't so. think so. I think that there's too many, Influential people that are involved in the hobby of classic cars with ice engines that uh, we're not going to let it let it you know happen. Right. Ice is internal combustion. That's right. Yeah, it's just, it know, sounds sounds better than parlance, internal combustion. You know, internal combustion it's, engines. It's less mean, triggering. It's, it's less triggering. It's like somebody said. Oh, I'll never forget this. We were at a car that the carburetor caught on fire back in the back of our room back mm. here, and one of the guys said. Start it and floor, you know, put your foot all the way to the floor and start it and, and it'll suck the fire down into the engine. They go, oh my God, it'll blow up the engine. 
That's what happens in an engine. <laughs> it has fire. That's uh, uh, that's what it does. There are usually like eight explosions <laughs> happening. For every, you know, revolutions per minute, yeah, that's yeah. how many times it explodes. That's what it does. That's right. So you're like sucking fire into the engine. Yeah. That's a good place for it to be. Somebody told me once that if you have a fire in the engine compartment, to leave the car running right. as opposed to turning it off. It's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, know I don't, don't spray a fire extinguisher into it, especially into the carburetor. Ah. That's a bad idea. Oh. And, you know, the air cleaners also act. Act as a you know a respirator, if you will. They mm. keep the they keep the car from flaming up and okay. catching on fire. Mm. So it 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 does that as well too. But yeah, the best thing to do if the car is not started and the carburetor is on fire, floor it and and start the car because it'll suck that fire down into the engine. into the where it explodes where it explodes. <laughs> but it's so funny. We're like, no, my God! <laughs> I had a car catch on fire one time, and I called the fire department, and they came out, and I was standing behind a tree, and they go, "What are you doing?" I go, I, I, "We don't know how to open the hood on this Z28." I go, "I don't want to get blown." up they go that's just television uh, they don't blow up right. of course yeah until they do yeah, right yeah i'm not buying that yeah <laughs> i didn't it's not my first hand, time in a left-hand hammer i used to watch emergency remember that show <laughs> yeah cars blow up. oh oh so, oh i thought it was a cyclone sorry sorry got excited it's an extreme, it's extreme. chevy extreme coming in not right a on. bad truck though those are cool yes they're very nice yeah <laughs> I would, such, I would totally drive one. You are such a, a, a mini, <laughs> My, mini a, truck snob. I have, unfortunately, I have an expressive face. So what you can't see on the radio or the podcast are, aren't is, we filming this? Yeah, but not straight on. So <laughs> I, I just I, see the curl of your, yeah, smirk. I make the slightest thing. People go, what's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> extremes. Uh, we in the cyclone typhoon community oh, kind the of community. We yeah. look down on extremes, but S10s all around are yeah. great, great trucks. Have you seen the new Ford Ranger and the, the new Chevy Colorado? They're kind of interesting. Are they? No, they're, they're, they're actually the size of what pickups used to be. Okay. Now regular, you know, F, you know, 1500s are mm-hmm. like huge or that Denali. It's yeah, yeah. It's just ridiculously Gigantic. big. It's huge. Yeah. It's I was at a Ford, I was at a Mustang and Ford show last weekend mm-hmm. in Cambridge in Pennsylvania, Chester County. Yeah. And a guy had a, a Shelby Super Snake uh, F-150 and they only made a, uh, not many, a couple, right. a couple thousand. Right. If that. And it's, it's a beast. I oh, mean, yeah. It's a gigantic, but it has 700 horsepower, 775. Wow. That's crazy. Amazing. So I'm, I like, I'm, a, I'm just a truck. All these Mustangs, and I'm, 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 I'm in a field. Of Mustangs. 300 and you're Mustangs. Gravitating to the truck. Right to the truck. <laughs> right to the, I don't know what it is. I know. It's like, it's funny things that, that catch your attention when yeah. you're, you know, when you think you should be paying attention to <laughs> X and you see this and you go, no, 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 no. This is, uh, this is way cooler to mm-hmm. me. And I think it's because you and I have been around so many cars and so you, you get, I hate to say it, a little bit jaded, mm-hmm. you know. And and I love what Peter, our writer, does. And, and I've said this before: a '76 Corvette. Usually, I would just walk past because mm-hmm. they were they were not high horsepower. They were, you know, they were just a car back then. They made a ton of them. You saw them everywhere. But the way Peter writes about it, and I say this, and you, if you want, read his words and then go look at it, you have a new new appreciation for that car and a new perspective on it because. All of a sudden, it's like you know what? This is a pretty cool looking car. You know, it wasn't it wasn't to be ignored or just because it only had 180 horsepower or something. Nothing wrong with 180 horsepower, right? Nothing wrong with a 305 or a 350. Mm-hmm. You know, gosh, some of the best uh, DZ 302 Z28 for sure. You know, um, I mean, there was plenty of engines that were uh, small blocks or low, you know, smaller uh, in cubic inches that were pl- 289s were amazing engines, still are amazing engines, right? So, yeah, rock solid. 327s, you don't mm-hmm. dismiss those. No. But you go a 305 Chevy, oh, well. <laughs> of course, they were smogged up yeah, when that's the 305s true. came out. So it wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't comparing apples to kumquats. 
or apples to apples. Which gets back to the extreme because they put a, a – I forget what engine's in it, but it's right. not a fa- – It's not a fa- it looks fast. They well, look great. They have the cladding on them, but they're not cyclone fast. The conversation we had about the, the second – or the, the last generation of the Thunderbird. Yep. And on the um, the Prowler. That's right. They were both woefully underpowered for whatever reason. We don't – I still don't understand that. I don't still don't understand why they didn't put a small Hemi in the Prowler. And uh, and make it really cool and powerful and performance oriented. Yeah. Same with the Thunderbird. You know, mm-hmm. why did, why they could have put the show engine in, exactly. the, in the Thunderbird, the Yamaha engine, yeah, which would have been a really a nice great engine. That, yeah, that, that, those SHOs are so. Oh, cool. I had one. We had we, had, we have one here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, eighty nine. Eighty nine was it? yeah. yeah it's eighty nine high mileage, yeah. but it's uh, you don't it's see really, them. It's, it's just a cool car. It is. You know, don't don't dismiss and it. Stick. It's a stick, and it's still got a lot of life left in it. You know, it's not like it's you know all used up. Uh, it's, it's, it's still got a lot going for it. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, uh, you should give a, a, a look-see. And especially because I think they're going to be future collectibles too, as well. I think that the SHOs. Oh, they are. With the Yamaha engine. And, you know, people, oh, Yamaha mm-hmm. made an engine? Well, they made motorcycle engines. So uh, it's not that much of a stretch. <laughs> uh, it's like Mercury making the Corvette engine. The, uh, the Mercury, uh, Mercury Marines have all the, you know, the, the V8s and the 350s and stuff that they put in them. So. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, I, we used to do, you know, the, speaking of Marine, a buddy of mine down in South Florida had a 30 foot shadow cat back in the day with twin 350s with 600 horsepower in it. And that thing was a yeah. monster. <laughs> it was scary as a catamaran. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is interesting because, you know, a deep V was the, the fast boats back in the day, you know, when Don Arno from Cigarette and Don Z and all that was building boats. And then they started making catamarans, which basically were two V's on a boat. Mm. So you had a hollow right. center and then two sponsons or part pontoons, if you will, yeah. like a pontoon boat, but not like a pontoon. That's the ones you see racing. Yeah, the they're racing and the offshore racing stuff mm-hmm. that you see. And uh, we spent, uh, back in 1985, we were in Key West for the World Finals for the offshore powerboat racing, and it was unbelievable how fast those boats were. And you watch the, the Apache uh, V-hull, 42-foot Apache doing 110 miles an hour through rough seas and they're launching out the air. There's a picture in my office. Have you uh-huh. seen that picture? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's completely out of the water. This was our, our shadow cat. Completely out of the water. No props touching the water whatsoever. And that's why you have a throttle man in offshore power power right. racing because when those propellers come out of the water, if they lose that resistance, huh. they'll they'll free spin. I mean, they'll spin way faster than they're supposed to. Oh. You got a boat in the water and the propellers are in the water. Wow. There's resistance, and so it only gets to a certain. Always pulling RPM. back on the throttle every time it's out of the water. Yeah, you got And you listen to a guy who really works the throttles, mm-hmm. like Bob Sassini, who used to uh, uh, be the throttle man for Apache. Watch, listen to him work those throttles. Every time that thing comes out of the water, the minute that pitch changes, he knows to pull it back. And then, but then he's got to be the minute that boat touches water again, he's got to be back on it. So, so this is a sport that is a little better on television than car racing. But if you've ever seen boat racing in person, they are flying. It's like drag racing. It's crazy how fast those are going. You go to a drag race and you go, I had no idea. How, mm-hmm. I mean, you watch it on TV and you go, mm-hmm. oh, okay, right. that seems okay. And Formula One racing is the same way on the acceleration to like be. Sitting between like a hairpin and a hairpin and a long straight in between and to watch the acceleration of those cars. Yeah. But same with these boats. I mean, you don't realize mm-hmm. how fast they're going. 90 miles an hour on water is like a <laughs> billion on it's land. It's so fast. It is way fast. I don't know how many knots that is, but it's C- fast. Knots. Yeah. Cannots. So, and I'll tell you the interesting thing about being in an offshore boat off the coast of Florida is that you don't 
like when you see a wave coming, you don't like ride up the wave mm. and then go down the mm. wave. All of a sudden, you're scatting along, and the bottom just drops out oh. from under you, and it's yeah. really so. You have a navigator, a mm. throttle man, and an owner aimer, mm. <laughs> and the aimer just holds the steering wheel and turns when he's supposed to. The mm. throttle man works the throttles, and the navigator points in what direction to go because you can get lost in these races. But but the throttle man, that's the I guy. love the in cab the in cab cameras, mm-hmm. and they're all they're moving at the same. <laughs> well, they put you know they put them in canopies because they. Were there used to be That's open right. cockpits until mm-hmm. people stuffed them. So you'd come off a wave and you'd hit the next wave and your nose first into it and you'd go to the bottom. And when you hit the bottom, uh, not only the water and all that would, would get you, but the recoil uh, of when you hit the bottom would uh, would snap your neck. So You know, there was a guy who came up to us at the Philly Auto Show and uh – he was he's some kind of world champion. Right. He introduced himself as such. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but I looked it up and he was legit. He's legit. He was sure. he was a former speed racer. Right. So anyway, when we will talk more about boats when we come back with the Classic <laughs> Automobile Podcast, we'll talk to you in a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in the Classic Auto Mall town of Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And our friends at the casino over there, we had a good meeting with them, and we're going to do some fun things with the casino. That's awesome. So, yeah, we're excited about that. And Apparently they gave away a Jeep uh, not yeah, too long ago. Yeah, they're giving away stuff. Maybe they're going to give away something <laughs> cool now. You know, maybe we can do some kind of uh, uh, classic car giveaway. That'd Wouldn't be, that be kind of cool? cool? I think that would get some people. Even just to have one there on display and uh, have people looking at it, I yeah. think it would be beneficial. Absolutely. So I got to tell you a funny story. So we were at the World Finals in Key West in 1985, and guy I worked for was a trust fund baby guy and had all kinds of money. And he had a six door Mercedes Latois 1000 SEL Mercedes, some built in Belgium or wow. something, you know, some crazy thing. And we thought we were the cat's meow running around Key West, and the roads are narrow as, as you know, you'd be like in France. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you can barely get around anywhere. And we thought we were so cool, and we pulled up in the hotel, and we're getting out of this car, and, you know, we've got our little strut walk, and 
we look behind us and there's a Rolls Royce limo behind us. <laughs> and it's Al Copeland from Popeye's Fried Chicken. Oh, wow. He used to race in the Superboat class. We raced in the Modified class, which was a class, two classes below the Superboat. There's Superboat, Open, Modified, and Pro Stock. Uh-huh. Whatever. And, uh, so we thought we were the cat's meow until he pulls up in this white Rolls Royce limo. <laughs> in 1985, stuff like that was kind of cool. Yeah. There's always somebody yeah. richer, wealthier, better, <laughs> exactly. has more. By the way, this is show number 91. Wow. Yeah. So, well, I say that. That's a misnomer, isn't it? Well, it's the 91th. 91. 91st. God. <laughs> you could not the add Ad- that The Adderall hasn't billy. kicked in yet. <laughs> that hillbilly. That's right. 91. Oh, this is 91. Uh, 91th. Uh, 11th. Uh, 91 <laughs> weeks in a row. 91 weeks in a row we've been doing a show. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It is. It'll be two years and just a few more yep. weeks. Amazing. So do we really – it's hard to – I can't believe that. So anyway, uh, and I know lately we haven't had a lot of guests on, and that's my fault. Um, we've got lots of people who want to be on the show. It's just taking a little more time to coordinate it and and get people committed, and it's, uh, it's it's difficult. It's not as easy as it sounds. You know, people want to do it, and they're happy to do it, and they'll agree to do it, but then you call them, well, I can't do it this day, and I can't do it that day. Or you got three people, and they all want to do it on the same day. So Everybody's busier than nowadays. It's, it, what, I thought computers were going to make us less oh, busy. Yeah. You know? Nope. Opposite. I still haven't figured out my car. It's so computerized. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, and there's certain things that, like when you when you click the remote clicker to lock the doors, yes. if it's on some setting, it beeps the horn, and if it's on another one, it doesn't. So the problem is, is that if it doesn't beep, but you don't know if it locked it, so then you got to go back. But then it sends you a text on your phone that your car's unlocked. Would you like us to lock it? Is that right? This Mr. is the bad. Ba- Mr. Mr. Howden, would you like to lock really? your car? Wow. You know, like, maybe. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't forget to do that, did I? Give me analog. Give anybody. me beer. Just beer. The white cans that said beer. <laughs> That's you right. Know, generic. Or a car. You know? No, and I, I like some of the stuff. You know, I mean, it's not that I, I dismiss the technology, but I wish that you could pick and choose more of the technology that you'd like. Like, there are there's some lane assist stuff that's a little bit radical for me. Like you start to drift off over to the white line on the right hand side mm-hmm. of the road, and sometimes it will jerk you back into the wow. lane. And it's it's almost to a, you think, gosh, that's that's a little harsh. And if somebody's right behind you, mm-hmm. does that create a problem? And then who's liable? Is yeah. the car liable? That's Am good I point. liable? Good point. You know who's liable? I don't know. Maybe I didn't do it. <laughs> When I got that truck, I was driving down the highway and it slammed on the brakes. It was like a bug got in front of the camera huh. or something and it thought that there was, I was in impending doom. Does your car come with uh, any kind of dash cam or anything like that? It does not. Mm. I mean, that I know it. Maybe it's got one they just didn't tell me. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it's built in. <laughs> you just got to turn it on. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, I figure a car like that, high end car. Yeah. Like. But it's got so much stuff, but there's, there's a bunch of features that I would, uh, prefer. Not to have. Like, I, I don't care about not paying for them as much as I just don't need some of the bells and whistles. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff, it just, like the one of the cars we had had a refrigerator in the center console. Right. And we forget and turn it on and my sunglasses would be frozen and I want to put them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crack the, the ice off of them. So, and I know these sound like, you know. First world problems. First world problems. But, I mean, it's just, I, I would think that. In the higher end car stratosphere, um, not all, not everybody wants every feature that comes on these cars. It would be nice to be a little more a la carte and say, you know what, I don't need that. It's not necessary. I mean, back in the day, when you bought a car 
I mean, back in the 60s or the 70s, you could check off a gazillion boxes or not check mm-hmm. them. Nowadays, they pretty much come with everything. And there's features that are annoying mm-hmm. that you wish that weren't there. Or, like, I hate the automatic shutoff thing. I mean, oh, you do? Before. Yeah, really yeah, at stoplights? Because I, I feel like if some impending disaster were to happen, then I would feel like maybe the car, what if it doesn't start back up? Uh-huh. What, if it doesn't, right. what if it doesn't go when I give it gas and there's a... A choo-choo train coming down, you know, <laughs> or a semi coming at me barreling down the I, road. I think – and you might want to check this out in the owner's manual. Uh, but And Teslas have mm-hmm. – like you can uh, customize the features right. to a certain extent. Yeah, you can. Turn and stuff re- on and off. That requires a degree. <laughs> Electronics. Electronics and, uh, you know, uh, an engineering uh, – yeah, it's just – it's. Why don't you give the complex. keys to JR, yeah. let him take it home <laughs> take and, it and, and it play out. with that yeah. for yeah. a while. Okay, sounds like a plan. <laughs> well, and, and the, you know, it does different things. Like you can – all these settings that you've got yeah. and, and all that, which some of it's cool. I mean, you know, it's it's nice when you set where you like your seat. And then it automatically, even if somebody else drives it, you push a button and it goes right back to memory, the memory seat, which yep. is not nothing new. And the other thing is the automatic garage, you know, the home link that you do the garage door openers. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Although it never works until it works. Mm-hmm. So it, and you try to program it and you follow everything and it doesn't work. And That's then right. just somehow magically the lights don't do what they say, beep three times and then go so- solid. No, they just all of a sudden they beep once, but the, but then it works. So. I have never gotten the <laughs> garage door opener thing to work I've on, on any of my cars. two of them so right. recently because I've actually really tried. Yeah. Uh, I think before I just wasn't making the, you know, wasn't making the full effort. Right. So. But uh, but anyway, I digress from all that, mm-hmm. and uh, we we have fun with these cars, and it's nice because I I like to experience the newer cars and the older cars. It's funny to see the mm-hmm. the difference between a a '69 Camaro and a 2023 Camaro, um, and put them side by side, and kind of you know the comparison that of what the difference is. I mean, if you think about it, my '75 Trans Am, right? What electronics did it have? It had a cassette player. Mm-hmm. That's and it. Fog lights. Fog lights and power windows. Yeah. Power door locks. Oh, you had power power locks? No, I don't think I had power locks. I think I had power. Yeah. And and so, I mean, it had nothing. Yeah, no. And now, mm-hmm. I looked under my seat mm-hmm. in that Mercedes. Yeah. It looks like the, the, the <laughs> computer center. It's, yeah, it's like 400 wires under a seat. I'm yeah. Like, what if that catches on fire? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, don't you can start the car and floor it? Yeah, if it, if it catches <laughs> suck on fire, the gas, suck the suck gas the, back into the, the fire, right back down in the engine, yeah. where it can bust. Well, it blowed up. It doesn't blow up. So, uh, uh, well, my uh, two thousand BMW does not have a key fob thingamajig to right. unlock the doors, and I'm it's, it's so, a manually. Yeah, it's oh. crazy. So, I'm, but it has a light on the key fob. <laughs> To light up the... Couldn't they have done away with the light and actually made the clicking thing I'm work? I'm constantly trying to lock the car with the light. I rented a car not too long ago, and I may have said this, and if I did, I apologize, but you're going to hear it anyway, because right. I don't got really a lot care. Of new, got yeah. a lot of new listeners. Yeah. So I rented like a Nissan Versa. Oh. I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. They just put me in it, because they said it was a large car, and it's not. Wow. And it had roll-up windows and manual door locks, <laughs> and it was a four-door. Yeah. And we were on vacation, and we had kids with us. Mm. Every time you stopped... If you're by yourself, you had to go to every door and lock it. You had to go to every window and roll it up. I mean, it was like, uh, it was very cumbersome. Right. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a snob. Right. 
but it was not fun. I, I don't wish – I want power stuff, some things you want. I exactly. don't need everything power. I don't need this and that. I don't need heated armrests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the features. That's right. You told me that, yeah. That's so stupid. So in the wintertime after you're done snow, uh, shoveling the driveway, you get yeah. in and you, your arm will be warm. Yeah, I don't think if you if you drive a Mercedes GLS 580 <laughs> that you're going to be shoveling your yard, but you never know. You know? <laughs> and they have just all kinds of weird stuff that uh, it is what it is. So, But – uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny the way that, like we said, modern technology has happened in cars. And you think, you know, where can they go from here? I mean, technology wise, do you think there'll be a revolt? You think people no. will say, you know what? I, I, I don't want any new stuff like beer. I mean, could we, mm-hmm. you think people would just say, I know that a lot of the millennials don't care about any of the features on a car. They want a very bare bones minimum mm-hmm. car. They don't care about all that stuff. They want something to get them from point A to point B. And, I used to make fun of people like that because I'm a car guy. And then mm-hmm. I realized, you know, just because they're not into it doesn't mean that they're wrong and I'm right. They just know? don't know what they're missing. They don't That's know what they're missing. Right. And and no different than resto mods. The people that, I don't want all the bother of an old car. Well, some of that's charming. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it that's is. part of the ownership process. Yes, it doesn't ride as nice. Yes, it requires more effort. Yes, the steering is a little heavier than you're used to. But that's all part of the experience. Absolutely. I mean, it's why this hobby is so huge. Yeah, it's Model A Fords, Model T Fords, you know, they're difficult to drive and mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't, if everything was easy, everybody'd be doing it. Right. You know, and it's very refreshing sometimes to get in the car with the hand crank uh-huh. yeah, windows it, and the lock. It's not when you're living in a practical day to day scenario. Right. It's one thing if you're going out on a Sunday drive and you kind of prepare for sure. what it is the car does or does not have. Mm-hmm. Do I need to go ahead and roll the windows down ahead of time? You know, you think through <laughs> this thing. You're not in a hurry to get to work and oh my God, I got to do this and I got to do that and whatever, whatever it may be. And, you know, and the other problem is, is the price of new cars has just gotten mm-hmm. outrageous. I mean, I saw the 2024 GMC electric Denali. The starting price is $108,000. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For a pickup truck. That's out of reach for a lot. A lot. I mean, my goodness, what's your, you know, a car payment on a $108,000 car. I mean, again, we talk about things that maybe don't affect people that buy these kind of mm-hmm. cars, but, but the car payment's got to be, you know, eleven, twelve hundred dollars $1,200 a month. Sure. Who can afford that? Yeah. I, I mean, and with gas, it you know so pricey. You know, the electric vehicles have some mm. uh, advantages, I guess, on that if you're if it works in your scenario. But uh, you know, you got to charge it, and they, and they don't charge them for free, right? What they do don't you charge it for free? What do you pay at a if you charge your car at a charging station? You, uh, know? you know, I've seen videos on it. It's it's. It's not as much as as gas, well, obviously, right, but right. It, but it, you have to sit there for thirty minutes, right, so it, right. so it costs you time. And I just saw that Ford is uh, going to have the same kind of receptacles that Tesla has now, so oh, okay. that they'll be able to be charged at their Tesla. I guess there that was makes sense. Yeah, I guess there was. You could only charge it at certain, you know, only certain types of cars at certain charging stations. Right. So I'm learning all this stuff because you know, God forbid, one day I might have to you know, <laughs> try drive. one out. I don't. I, I don't think I've ever driven. Uh, have I driven an electric car? I don't think I ever. I, I have. drove a Tesla when I had a Tesla guy on my show, and uh, right. yeah, that's impressive. It's a, it's fine. Yeah, they're, I mean they're they're all 100 percent torque right away. Yep, it's, you know, which is kind of cool. It's like a golf cart. Yeah, it's like a golf cart. Same, it's instant same energy, torque. but uh, 
But you know, it's it's certainly different. Now, does the lack of noise affect you? Do you know? Well, I was driving the lightning lightning last night, coming home from a meeting at night. I'm like, this sounds the sound of this man. <laughs> so this cool. is so cool. Yeah, it really is. I love it. I love the sound of it, and most car guys do. I love yeah. the sound of exhaust and engines. And- that Range Rover. That was the one thing I loved the most about it was yeah. the exhaust sound of that five liter supercharged mm-hmm. V8. That thing sounded so cool. I mean, it my was- buddy's got a Range Rover S. We're hearing a beeping. Yeah. That's the uh, what is that? The Stringo? No, that would be the Gator. The Gator uh, backing, backing up, up, backing up. Doot, just wanted to doot, just doot. wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, um, SVR, and it has a, uh, a button where you cuts out the exhaust. So it, wait a minute, say that again. The, uh, sorry, Range Rover SV, oh, SVR, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 high performance version, yeah. and you can cut off the exhaust. You know, Duesenberg straight, had that back in the day. Did they? They had a, a foot uh, and, button on the floor. Oh, okay. And yeah. didn't you say your 455 had something like that? No. Uh, your your mom's 455 had an exhaust cut out where you can... No, it had a breather it. I flipped. Oh, oh, breather. <laughs> you flipped the, oh, you did it. Ma- you did it. A old, manual. Yeah. You did it country style. Yeah, country style. Good old boy style. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. And uh, we're hoping to have some guests on. So Steve and I don't just sit here and ah, ramble. Ah, come on. We're having hour. a good time. We're having fun. And we're... Listen, that's all that this is about. Having fun. And if you're not having fun listening to us, and then listen to something else. Because it's just... We're just doing this. We're not trying to... Sp- atoms we're not trying to solve any you know world problems we're just having fun so uh don't forget podcast uh at classicautomall.com if you have any questions and classicautomall.com is our website and uh if you got any information or share anything or want to talk to us about anything you can reach us there and uh also you can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 and sign up for the newsletter on classicautomall.com please do so take care and we'll catch you next week see you We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, classicautomall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.